Welcome to the Love Positivism podcast. I'm Shireen Oberg and I'm a yoga teacher and author devoted to the path of healing and heart-based living. And I want to help you to step into what you truly are and to your highest potential. On this podcast, I share with you tools and insights to help you move ever forward on your spiritual and healing path. With guests from all over the world, from different wisdom traditions, I wish to create a web of loving energy that permeates the whole world to create more love and peace. You can connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube for more guidance and love. Hi, Colette. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, how are you, Shireen? Good, or should I say welcome back again? I'm so happy to have you here again. This is our second uh, talk together, and we've done one very focused on the Black Madonna. So if people want to listen to that, you can go back and do so. But I'm, I'm thinking that people might have not listened to the first episode that we did together. So maybe you can start by introducing yourself and letting the listeners know who you are and what you do. Yes, so I'm uh, the founder of the Sacred Rose Mystery School and I've been a spiritual seeker for about 25 years and started uh, in yoga. I was a yoga teacher, then I was a yoga teacher trainer and yoga just ignited a spark for everything spiritual and I became, you know, obsessed with finding out who I was, who I am, what life was calling me to do and so I have spent 25 years working with many different philosophies, many different modalities and teachers and mentors and I'm dragging a big bag of (laughs) knowledge around with me that I try to impart and help with mainly focusing on women and the feminine mysteries, loving anything to do with Christian mysticism and symbology of the rose, so all kinds of work, somatic, psychological, spiritual, everything. Yeah, I love that. And I've been following you for a while and seen also that there's so much in your teachings. It's not not only one thing. It's so many different things and it's evolving and everything merges together. And I love that because when you start opening up a path, it, it really has a meaning and then it leads you to other paths. So we're weaving together so much. Uh, knowledge and experiences and you have so much so I'm really excited to talk to you today and we're both really passionate about the uh, the divine feminine we we've been to like the same places to like honor that in the world as well and we talked a lot about south of France I think in the last episode as well and Mary Magdalene and today we're gonna talk about uh, this is this is so many dimensions, but Venus, who has been so like strong, as we spoke about earlier, like so strong for the past year, it's like opening up in our consciousness, and we can see that in the community and uh, in the astrology, and we've had like a really strong Venus cycle most recently, which now has kind of culminated in her birth and her brightness in the skies and it's been so beautiful and for me 
Venus is, when you look at the mysteries and the roots and the lineage, it goes back to, I mean, how far back it's, we're talking about Sumerian times and the, it's like her, her patterns and her energy and frequency has been uh, in our awareness for thousands of years, because you can see ancient cultures, how they have uh, incorporated the Venus star and the Venus patterns and the pentagram and and the psych the days of her retrograde cycles like all of these mysteries. So maybe you can talk about your path into it and how you've experienced this energy. Yeah, I'm so glad you spoke to that because I had somebody actually on my Facebook the other day say, "Come on, sister, teach me about you know Celtic variations of Venus and." And that's what I wanted to get across is like, you know, obviously Venus, Greek, Roman, there's a lot of that in our collective. And it's really hard to want, you know, I, I want to be all inclusive to all cultures, but I'm sure that any kind of culture or heritage or framework that anyone comes from can actually say, this is what represents Venus in my heritage, in my culture and where I'm from. So Venus is, you know, I use that word because it's the most mainstream people are aware of that name for some reason she's been impounded into our especially in Europe into the European culture so yeah I'm glad that you said that because I was speaking to a friend you know asking her about who does she believe in her African culture that Venus was but for me Venus has come through obviously you know she, she was made aware to me in school and I was like, wow, this, through an incredibly dark story, you know, like her father's phallus was cut off and thrown into the sea and she became alive through the blood and the sea. And I was like, whoa, this crazy journey of the birth of this a beautiful woman. And for me, that story started to make me think about the supernatural Venus, this godly woman. And it's only been on the journey with the Rose lineage for me that she has become more tangible, more real. She doesn't just represent something that is, is in the mythos, is in myth, but she is an archetype within our collective. And archetypes appear in our collective because they are a reflection of us. So, you know, the reason the gods and the goddesses appeared is because we as human beings carry that that essence that energy that behavior and it's so funny because in in venus you know her own story is that the gods fell in love with her she was like human and they fell in love with her and and humans fell in love with her she was really allowing this kind of polarity to cross between you know gods and humans and dark and light and beauty and ugliness so that's been a more recent venture with her for me is just how she embodies and probably due to my own personal journey how she's embodying the polarities of light and dark and aren't we seeing that in our world at the moment so she's coming in to show us you know we're going through a dark period a dark cycle but within that dark cycle light always comes through and especially, we're all feeling it, the need for the feminine at the moment. And I'm not talking about wiping out men. <laughs> I'm not, I mean the feminine energy in men and women. 
in both of us, we, we really need to anchor into the feminine and bring the feminine back back into the world through all our structures. That's really beautiful. And there's so many things that I think about when you're talking about, first of all, the polarities. So um, I've been extremely drawn to everything Venusian and then we have the rose lineage and then uh, for me in my practice and the priestess path that I'm on with uh, daughters of Ishtar the uh, the queen of heaven and earth and all of that that beautiful divine feminine um, I see that I can clearly see that because if we look at the the embodiment or the portrayal of Venus for the past hundreds of years, she's been this very, so what she said, like, let's say the, the, the European way of seeing her is this goddess of beauty and the, this, yeah, this very Libra, right? Mm -hmm. Libra or Taurus, like it very, very much pleasure and, um, and then relationship. So if you look at those two star signs, which she rules, it's both earth and air. And then when we look into her cycles in the universe, like the planet cycles, we can also see that she's can be a morning star and be visible in the morning or in the evening. And that's also like a duality. And then she can embody actually much more as well because the morning star energy is much more young and it's more um, and um, like embodying the masculine in the feminine in a way. And I feel like now with her long journey in Capricorn and her retrograde in Capricorn and all of that, it's also like a very have been a very grounding and much more structured uh venus uh, and also a lot of energy that has to do with like almost like reviewing or like re-evaluating old traditions and maybe the patriarchal traditions so when we go back where venus mythology starts was this very strong embodied feminine which was also not just the the queen and and goddess of love but also war and of of fierceness which we then can see like connected to ishtar and her connection uh, evolvement into kalima and all of these and everything that we talked about last time as well so there's like this huge um spectrum uh, because studying when i'm studying astrology and now most recently also a lot of the asteroids, we can see that we haven't seen the, the, the multifaceted divine feminine in the astrology since Venus is portrayed as the lover and all of that. And then the moon is the mother. But then we have all of these asteroids and that consciousness, which has, I think we're becoming more aware of and that we're embodying as human beings right now as well so i think that's really interesting and um 
I, another thing I loved is, is that when we talk about the, the union of the divine feminine and masculine, which is happening now, right? With Mars and Venus being close and soon in a week we'll be together and unifying this, these different forces. Uh, it's very strong now, right? It's like felt within us. And, you know, I, speaking on that, that my own personal work recently has been with my own anima and animus with my Jungian work. So, and I think it's coming in the more, in the more, in the spiritual scene, for example, I'm seeing a lot of people more aware of this embracing of feminine and masculine, even in the masculine circles, you know, what them embracing their own feminine and what that means on the venus transmission i did the other night there was a guy that did it and, and he really felt called to feel this feminine energy within him he wanted to feel what that is and that was like this is amazing you know guys are seeing that this is this is this archetype lives within within them and he really felt the maiden energy for sure and I was laughing this morning, as you said, because the it was at quarter to six this morning that Venus was in a full maiden bright energy. First thing this morning, we could see her at the brightest point this morning. So for me, feeling that that feminine energy, but also being deeply aware of the masculine energy within me, because you know we see it all the time don't we we can blame patriarchy or the masculine for the downfall of the the feminine but that is in me my own animus is part of the overbearing masculinity energy that's in our collective and that has been something i've been working on personally i ha i am like an animus driven woman so i have a lot of masculine drive and so that for me has been trying to heal that as part of what needs healing in the collective is to me, for me to admit where we've come as feminine energy to be more dominant and all of those things in our world to be able to survive and how now the, the earth and the world is asking us, can we all like drop into our feminine? Can we bring all this back into balance? So it's very, very, you know, tuned in to what we're going through as the collective, really, really timely. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. And seeing that everything is within us. And I think that the, for me personally, this uh, last Sabbath, the Imbolc or in our tradition, it's the breath mystery. I really saw that connection like clearly that you know it's it's one thing to understand like understand it intellectually to see that we have all all of the polarities we have everything we have the whole universe within us but then to have that deep experience of that and seeing that there's nothing really outside of us and um, we are the collective consciousness uh, in a small form so um, yeah I love that and when you look at them, the, I'm really interested because you've also spoken or written about alchemy. Um, somehow I'm, I'm feeling that alchemy has been also like deeply connected to all of this that we're talking about. How, 
how have you come to that work yeah crazy the alch the alchemist path was something that i always was interested in i'd read a little bit about you know but it wasn't really until I'd started to do Jungian work that I became really aware. It was like a light bulb moment. The path is actually mapped out for us. And, and in my life, like the path is, I've been here, there, all oh, that doesn't work. Oh, I've been involved in, you know, bypassing or this didn't really alchemize anything. I had a great time. And my whole life journey, if I'd have been given the alchemist map at 19 and, and really felt it and gone for it, I could have saved a lot of trouble. <laughs> but anyway, it is where it is. And the alchemist for me is, is the, the ability to be able to transform ourselves, is to know that we turn one thing into, into matter. And, you know, we, the ultimate goal of alchemy is to turn matter into spirit and the body into soul. And if we're on a spiritual journey, we understand that first. We know we're seeking, you know, to, to this physical body to be deeply connected to spirit. And the, the, the body, you know, this physical body is, is home to our soul. So the, the alchemist and the alchemist path is a, a defined set of, um, movement shall we say or lessons or processes that get us to that end result of body being soul matter being spirit and it really starts with um, I mean depending on the philosophy we can look at you know Jungian philosophy would say there's like four processes the magnus opus that's what i'm currently involved in which is an individuation process so we go through four different colored stages that all involves like the blackening is the first looking at the shadow the suffering all the dark stuff which is not easy at all you know and then it goes on to a, another process and another process and another process so the original alchemist, one of the oldest ones, is the Philosopher's Stone, and that takes seven steps. And then there are other ones even before that that can take 12, 13. So it just depends on the philosophy of what steps and processes we go through in order to alchemize and become more spirit, more soul. So, yeah, and, and it, it depends what, what works for you. You know, I've done, the, I, I spent 10 years with the chakras, working with the chakras and finding what was emotionally in my body through, through chakra work. And that in itself is an alchemical process too. But I think the biggest thing for me when I'm looking at alchemy is that it's not, um, it's not a word that's just fluffy. It, it, it actually has steps to it. It's, it's a map. It makes this journey easier to work out. How do I actually transform? What is the process? And I have watched people suffer working with clients over years is that either A, they're not being emotional. Like if there's no emotion, there's no alchemy. They're not prepared to go to the shadow or to the, the, the dark stuff. And then there's no alchemy. So, you know, there's certain specific body, mind, parts in that transformation process that we cannot miss out. And so I think it's so valuable to even read about it, know about it, to see where, you know, you may be 
going round in loops where you may have been on this journey for 20 years and nothing's really changing on the outside. And so you will be able to find through alchemy what the process is to actually transform. There is a formula <laughs> and, it, and it's out there. Many philosophers, many great spiritual teachers have left us books of it and, and you know, great teachings. The Emerald Tablet was said to have been the original alchemist stone that, that mapped it out. Wow. I actually don't know that much about the Emerald's Tablet. I've heard the name. What, what, what type of work was that? It was, it was a stone that was left and found in Egypt that had the, the steps of alchemy laid, laid on it. So it was, yeah. you know, I've heard it banded about the, the spiritual scenes a lot, but ultimately it was inscribed, uh, it was inscribed with the process of alchemy, but it was written in a language that wasn't able to be understood until an apprentice found it and made it his life work to, un, you know, unwrap it. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that's this is what happens when we start working with one thing and then it leads to another. <laughs> it's like this spiral. And I think that's important for everyone to know. Like we don't know, need to know everything at all time, but we will, the things that come into our lives will come in in the right time when we need that medicine and when we're ready for it. Because I think that really when you're also... A lot of people might be in the beginning process of their more inner journey, uh, which because we talk about like the spiritual journey, but it's actually a, a, like a life journey. We just haven't been aware of it. It's part of life. our life. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's life. Um, so I think that, yes, yeah, certain things, you know, it's also a vibration. So for me, when I he just hear alchemy, I feel like drawn to it. I've been actually for a couple of years, very much drawn. I'm also born in a city where European alchemy was really strong in Prague, in Czechoslovakia or Czech Republic. Um, so when I went, have been back there, I felt like, um, yeah, it's a powerful practice and So I'm, I'm actually, uh, I know that you're going to have an online course of alchemy. And one of the things that I really feel like for, on, on my journey is, has been important is to work with fears and maybe phobias. How do you, how do you see that in, in the alchemy path like what what where where does these especially phobias that are not really you can't really explain it maybe sometimes in a logical way why they are there like how how, how do you see that from an alchemical perspective i mean in my process of the Jungian alchemy the alchemy that i've done recently these like fears and phobias they, they we can take them all back to childhood i mean some may be previous life you know we have people that have not had any experience or imprints of something happening to them in this life yet they have this huge fear of it and that that relates to uh, shadow it relates to the shadow self the the biggest gap in spirit in, in in my spiritual work and in the work that i see is actually people going to the dark places 
We don't want to look at our fears. We don't want to see our phobias. We don't want to see our bad behaviors or the, the things that we, you know, we, we, we look at other people and think, oh gosh, they're terrible or they do that or it's so angry out there because we hold it. And, and this goes back to the Venus thing. Venus shows the polarities. If, if, if you feel light, you also feel dark. If you feel beauty, you also feel ugliness. If you feel fertile, you also feel barren. So those things like phobias and fears, I mean, fear is the teacher. We know that what we're, what we're frightened of is usually something we don't want to see or we don't want to go there because it takes us out of comfort zone. And alchemy is that. Alchemy will take you out of the comfort zone. Part of the alchemical journey is the dark night of the soul. It's where we, where we get so shattered by the truth of our state, soul state, and our own self and our own behavior that you know, and I, again, this is used so loosely these days, but the, the dark night of the soul, if you've ever read anyone that's experienced it, it's, it's life shattering that they, they can't see themselves as themselves anymore. And that is part of the alchemical process you have to go through. And much of humanity gets stuck because it's not prepared to go there. I mean, who wants to go there? You know, I, I'm going to hold my hands up that this the, the current individuation process that I've just been through, I touched on Dark Night of the Soul with my analyst and I was four to five weeks unable to pull myself together. And they have to observe you very, very closely because you're always an inch away from literally going under but that's why we need a guide, that's why we need a mentor, that's why we need support when we actually do these deeper journeys. I didn't I didn't get to experience the full dark night because I was scared. There was a fear to absolutely just drop into it. And so I know I'm gonna come back up against this again, I'm gonna to have to go to there again. And that's that fear, isn't it, that you were talking about? It's when the fear comes up, if you can acknowledge, and so alch the alchemist process is removing, moving to side the ego, recognizing the ego. When does the ego stop you? When does your shadow stop you? When are we in a persona? When are we hiding our face? So yeah, I, I think it's important, and I really want to state this, and this is the thing I've been getting out of Venus, is it's not all that, we all want the glory, we all want the beauty, and of course we're all entitled to that, but you have to go through what they call the blackening. There has to be, uh, there's, there's the blackening and there's a putrefaction process, and this is where you take a look at yourself and you, you don't want to see it. So my animus is a very, very dominating part of my psyche, my masculine energy. And when I was made aware, and that's through a process of exercises, applications, meditations, of the extent to which my animus ruled my life and tried to rule others, <laughs> I was disgusted by myself like utterly disgusted by myself I could not believe 
that I could not see before that behavior. And it became crystal clear to me. And, you know, I didn't want to go into that punishment of myself, which is very difficult because we all have that punisher. We don't know how to deal with looking at ourselves in a negative way without punishing or hurting ourselves. And of course, that's not the way to deal with your shadow. You can't, you can't exile it. You can't treat it like a, a, a bad child. You have to love it back. You have to bring it back and say, I love you. I forgive you. It's okay. You didn't know. Let's change this. And, and that is in, and, and allowing myself to go there is allowing me to really understand other people when I see bad behavior. I, I, I try to bring more love there because I'm like, you know, this bad behavior in them is just what I've just witnessed in myself in another context. And so I'm much more able to, 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 to deal with that and say this person's hurting and the reason my animus is so strong is because I am I don't feel safe you know she the the, uh, the masculine energy comes in to protect me it, it comes in to make sure that I'm safe so all our behaviors and this is why I love doing the the alchemy work and the shadow work is there's just this always oh, this golden beauty that comes out of it there's always this deeper connection to other people there's always a, a better understanding like I understand you you know I understand that and we were talking about ancestry and and that came up for me why I behaved in that way again was due to a lot of my my ancestry, my Celtic background, my Scottish background, the the way that the people was treated, also to do with my, you know, English heritage as well in being colonizers and it it, it opens up many facets of myself in that small word you said fear. What what am I actually scared of? And I could open a million doors and show you. Mm. Yeah, that was a powerful sharing, uh, so much wisdom and yeah, it, it's, that's powerful work. I mean, you have to know that the process will um, evolve you and uh, I feel like you have to really be ready and also I'm, I really love um, what you said about sometimes life completely changes us I can relate to that um, and sometimes it's like over time but sometimes it's like really a very crucial and very strong time it really forces us to evolve and change and I, I like the fact that certain this dark night of the soul this darkening which we're scared of because in the darkness, we can't be sure where we're going, right? Because if it's enlightening, we have a light path. But in the darkening, we're entering a stage where we don't really know where it's heading. And that can be scary. And that's when we practice our trust and uh, faith in life that 
we're held in some way, even if it doesn't feel like that. So I think that's really powerful and strong. And, and that's true for me, that light, that, that light came out of that dark process for me. Like if that animus is so strong in me and so destructive, then now I'm conscious of it because before it was not conscious. This is the whole point of enlightenment is becoming aware of yourself, becoming conscious of yourself. And so it was now conscious. And so the minute something is conscious, and I want to share this because it's such a gem, is it doesn't have a hold of you anymore. Mm. It loses all its power. You mm. recognise a phobia. You know, for years, women can go, oh, spider, spider. You know, women in the, my old yoga student, like, spider, spider. And then the next minute they say, I have a phobia about spiders. And they make it conscious. And then suddenly just something changes. And you mm. can say, well, why? Why is that? What does that bring up for you? How does that make you feel? And it changes its grip on you. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's what happened for me. The animus now for me is something I am aware of. I can feel when he comes. I call him him. He comes up in me, that masculine energy. I can feel when he's coming in because I don't feel safe. And so I can do something about it. How can I feel safe without being in my masculine energy? How can I be safe being in my feminine and so it's allowed this whole new frequency. And don't forget, because my animus was taken over, that my feminine, my anima, was kind of like held back. So now she gets the opportunity to come forward. So, yeah, it is the... It, it, you've got to have that little torch shining in that cave saying, like, here, you come in here, you know, this is where it is. And, and you explained that that happens naturally for some people. People can have real horrific things happen in their lives and they get taken through the blackening without choice. That's powerful. And who do you think would be, uh, like, who would you say could go into this alchemical process that you're, you've created? Yeah. Who is who could it be, and what what do you have to have a certain no, understanding? Mm. And, and and anyone you get to you're in control on the alchemist journey. Mm. You can say no, I don't want to do that. You can use it for information. I've I've done a very basic alchemy course many years ago, and it I I didn't I didn't do it. <laughs> if you know what I mean, we mm. I didn't age with it because I probably wasn't ready but I had like a loose framework of how I needed to like enter my emotions you do some somatic work pray meditate even that can come out of doing this course you can go and say okay I, I need to work on this area I can dip my toes in here I'm going to really work on leveling it for those that come independent upon what journey. But let's not forget, you know, where someone might not have gone through any shadow work, they may be very well accelerated in kind of like the meditation or the, the knowing the behaviors. So everybody's at different, at different levels. I remember my Jungian teacher saying to me, Colette, where do you feel the most individuated, which is the Jungian term for enlightened? And I said, 
probably in my connection with God. And so I get everybody in the course to say where they feel the strongest that they're individuated, where they're enlightened, and to use that as the, the pillar in the course. This is where you are amazing. So let's have a look at the areas that you are not so great at. You know, so mine was the psychology. I was the weakest at psychology. Psychology is my last post that I've gone to on my spiritual journey. And so I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be that good at this. And I can't go too deep into this because I might not be able to cope with it. So that is the, how I'm going to operate the, co the course. Everyone that comes in gets to dive in as shallowly or as deeply as they need to. Yeah. I love that. That's so beautiful. And also op opening and in inviting because there's so many paths that one can take. But I also feel like when the vibration of tradition and it causes us so it does come to the right person in the right time or to us in the right tradition comes to us when we need it i love I that totally feel that yeah i totally yeah. feel that when people feel people you know feel scared to deep to jump into a deep course things might be going on in their lives and they've already got enough to to cope with without without doing more to me, doing the Jungian work, the individuation process that I've been undergoing for the last 12 months, it probably seemed like the worst time I could do it as the world went into chaos. And I thought, am I crazy actually doing this deep psychological journey that most people, you know, it has to be done a stage by a stage with breaks in between, with people checking in on you, you know. And I'm like, I'm doing that at the craziest time. This is the worst time when things are already so difficult. But actually, there's a divine order to chaos, isn't there? Mm. And so the chaos with the chaos has actually been really powerful for me. And while everything's just up in the air anyway, I just thought, I'm just going to get it all to go, go up in the air. Mm. But for sure, there are times in my life where I have thought no not now you know not I'm not ready for that and I think as spiritual seekers we all have to realize where we're scared where the fear is going you know try that and where we genuinely and not in the right place to to take on certain types of work I mean you said about the astrology sometimes you take a course on you don't fully like get into it but you go back to it and you go I'm now ready for it yeah that's very true and to let I think nowadays we want everything to happen quickly and we think that we have a timeline and we can schedule everything and plan and control we can't and especially not in this process it's when we let go and let it flow with us in some way it it, it becomes more integrated and and real in one way so let it take time I think that we we've come into a a really like fast paced like everything is happening fast all the time and we have to be done fast and we want we want to have like these results and this is not how the this process works and I think uh, both me and you have uh, at least 
one or two decades of work or I would say like one and a half from my <laughs> from my point of view but it's a long time but I I'm also humbled that there can be so many more decades of work to oh, do yeah yeah, yeah me too like humbled by the fact that you know I'm probably 70 80 still doing some course saying you know I'm going to try and get a little bit further ahead before I pass over onto my next life yeah. it's true lives of work like I have a very deep thirst to become as conscious as I can in this life and and it's not just because it's like a competition I absolutely love doing this work Mm. it it makes my life so magical I, I remember the time before I didn't know anything like this existed and everything was much more mundane and now it's complete magic you know even the dull processes the the synchronicity that happens in your life the the symbols that come to you the people you meet and Mm. it it just brings this you know we've all got the mundaneness of cooking tea and washing dishes and going to work or whatever we do this just the alchemy is that it brings magic. It brings a whole different reality to your life. And that's what makes me addicted to it, I think, is just mm. that I love magic. Yeah, it is addictive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really, it's, yeah. I felt that the past month that it's something that, also that changes you and you will, probably never go back to any any way of seeing life or being in life you you cannot unsee the things so it's really powerful and I am so grateful and happy especially also for this platform um, like you said we get connected for, for a cause that is so supportive and and um we learn from each other and everyone has something to share and give to the world. So I think that's really important to be in your own journey and not looking so much at what others are doing. And it's not about that. And the others are you. So you, you're, the work that others are doing, you're also feeling that. I think that's important. Yeah, yeah, I think it's very important to not be comparing and not, you know, thinking they do. It's so easy, isn't it? You only have to look through your social media and see someone doing something. You're thinking, oh, I should be doing that. I haven't, you, you know, we, we yeah. all compare. But I always see we're like a music sheet and each of us is a line of music. And mm-hmm. we wouldn't be going on to the next person's line and singing their song. So we've got to make sure that we stick to what feels right for us and, and just what pulls us, what mm-hmm. might use it what magnetizes what energy what vibration what 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 tickles us and and go for that because that is right for you you know I did things in the early days because friends did it or and it never it never it never dropped into me it didn't work for me Mm. yeah I can relate to that so maybe you want to share what you're sharing right now and offering right now if people want to connect with you and work with you um yeah yeah so i'm about to start in march a seven month online course called the spiritual alchemist and it will take you through the seven stages of alchemy one at a time each month and like you said it's not about (laughs) you're not going to come out transformed enlightened and you know individuated 
but you will come out with an aspect of your life we will be taking a certain aspect and trying to create alchemy in that aspect and aim for transformation in a particular aspect of your life so we go in with an intention and each month is basically um, a ritualistic practice it will be an application in a written application and there will be guidance in a in a forum style where i offer you know a bit of insight or maybe a little bit of spot what we call spotting just seeing things that people aren't seeing about themselves and offering that to to take on or not to take on so uh yeah that that happens in march and all the details are on my website anyway so if anybody's interested in being uh, their own alchemist then it's all on my website which we'll share under this video hmm. yes it will be shared here and uh, in the show notes for those that are listening to the podcast and yeah it's been so beautiful talking to you as usual. I'm so grateful that you took your time and I can't wait to connect soon again. So thank you so much. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure and your podcasts are a gift to the world. So it's such a, an honor to be on them. And um, thank you. Thank you.